Hey everybody, Steve here. If it sounds like I'm recording from my phone, it's because I'm recording on my phone. I just wanted to give a really big, uh, very quick um, heads up that this episode is obviously a breakdown episode, a uh, uh, scene-by-scene breakdown of the Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. So Paul and myself just wanted to throw up like a big, fat spoiler warning If you haven't seen the episodes, if you're, uh, like me, allergic to spoilers, avoid at all costs. Go watch the episode. Come back when you get a chance. Um, That's it. Hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Somebody Save Us, a Smallville retrospective podcast, except that this is a bonus episode, and this is the episode where we cover Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. That's right, you're going to have five bonus episodes from us covering probably the most ambitious crossover in DC TV history. Uh, my name is Steve, we're here with and Paul. I'm, yeah, and yeah, this is this is outside of our regular wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, outside of the wheelhouse for sure, but we felt it um, kind of necessary to do because as we've said before many times uh, on the regular show, these shows wouldn't have happened had it not been for Smallville. Smallville kind of laid out the blueprint or the DNA for what became Arrow for what became, and then that begat the Arrow universe. Um, and so this is in a way... Not necessarily Smallville's baby, but maybe Smallville's grandchild or great-grandchild. Um, and there are, of course, direct relations to it, but we'll get to those when they happen. Yeah, yeah. And we don't we don't really get much of that in the, this first one. This is uh, part one. Uh, is contained in, uh, in a Supergirl episode. Um, if you um, want to follow along um if you're watching supergirl or if you have uh if you go on itunes or whatever you can find it i I believe it's episode nine of season five of supergirl i really probably should have wrote that down i believe you're correct yeah it's in the current season uh and it it really kicks it off there is some kind of there's there's content within the episode that is very specific to Supergirl. And if you haven't really been following the show, some of the stuff will go over your head as it honestly it did mine because I haven't kept up with the show. Yeah, we um, should probably do just like a, a, a disclaimer right here in that neither Paul or myself is a regular viewer of Supergirl. And I'll, I'll be honest to the fact that I'm super behind on Arrow, Flash. Uh, I stopped watching Legends of Tomorrow don't watch Supergirl, and I haven't seen Batwoman with the exception of last year's Crisis on Earth X crossover. Yeah. So, I am caught up on a few of those other ones, though. Okay. Especially. So so Paul probably has a little more uh, current knowledge as to what's going on with me. I, I basically yeah. have comic book lore and this the 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 self-encapsulated episodes so that's the knowledge i'm going into if i say things that are wrong if i say things that you disagree with as always feel free to contact us on the anchor app where you can leave us a voice message uh, or you can email us or i mean i believe you can contact us on patreon if you want even if you don't subscribe to the patreon but i don't know because we don't really use it also at save us 
uh, pod on uh, the Twitter. On the Twitter, exactly. <laughs> okay, so where do we want to jump off on this? Okay, so I I liked the opening because the opening is like I I I was so excited for like watching this first episode. Like I didn't watch it the night it aired, but I watched it kind of the next morning, like a PVR of it, and uh, it opens with the monitor explaining like the basically the Big Bang, um, which was and then the how birth of the multiverse as well. Yeah, yeah. right. And then we get as he's continuing to talk about it we get some quick flashes of the different instances in which our heroes prevailed over evil including stuff like the crisis on earth x and like beating um the 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 robot that took everybody's powers what's his name um oh metallo god yeah metallo so yeah all of that stuff oh no no Um, not metallo metallo doesn't take power sorry though um metallo is a superman um that is God, I can't remember his name. It's the name of the ship. It's the name of the ship in the Arrow in Arrow. Um, Like the ship that sinks, that that all the Russians are on. The Gambit? No. Oh, no, No, not not Oliver's family ship, like the the prison ship. Right. Yeah, and I can't remember it right now, and we're going to get crucified for this. (laughs) But, um, uh, but, But that's kind of less important because... We very quickly now get a few looks from different Earths. Which we, uh, I have yeah, listed, if you don't. Yeah, I do. Uh, it's We start with Earth Amazo. 89, Gotham City. Sorry, Amazo is the name of the joke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, right. And so we start on Earth 89, Gotham, and we see, like, a guy holding a newspaper um, saying, oh, I, I, I don't know where you are, buddy, but we sure need you. Yeah, I, ho- the- I hope you're out there, big guy. Uh, it, yeah. That is, I can't remember the character's name, but Earth-89, obviously direct nod to Tim Burton's Batman, which was made in 89. 1989. Uh, right. You've got the Tim Burton score in there. Um, that that guy is uh, was a reporter for the Gotham Gazette, yeah. I believe. Worked alongside Vicki Vale, played by Kim yeah. Basinger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is probably, and it's going to sound horrible, this is probably my high point for the episode it's like the first thing you see (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh and earth nine san francisco so it's like a shout out to titans yep uh and then we go to earth x real quick um it doesn't specify a city but it just says earth x and then we hit earth 66 with burt ward which also a very very cool nod. It's it it is sad that Adam West didn't uh, didn't keep clicking for another couple years because that would have been yeah. really great to see Batman and Robin walking down the street. Um, I I know that I personally and we've had this discussion. Not a huge fan of Batman sixty six the series, but I know that you are. Yeah, and I think you should check out the Batman sixty six comics because those are fucking incredible. Oh, I forgot they were making. Oh those, actually. my god! They were making so Batman sixty six and then Wonder Woman seventy seven. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah. So, but we're seeing all of these kind of in the instant before they're wiped from existence because, like, the skies are red in a lot of cases. Yes. So now the sky is red. Thing number one, love it because red skies in the DC universe uh, often uh, are like the. Um, 
the hors d'oeuvre, I guess, or the signal that a universe-changing event is about to happen. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest gripes, and it's a stupid one, and it's totally, it's DC-related, but not necessarily related to this, is that once uh, Joss Whedon took over uh, Justice League, the movie, he mm. wiped the red skies out of the third act. Right. So the whole third act was supposed to have red skies and a red tinge to it, and Joss Whedon mm. obviously didn't fucking know the significance of that and decided, oh, I'll just change it anyway, which is, mm. Mm. from mm-hmm. a DC fan's perspective, fucking sacrilege, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, the red skies, I don't as soon as trigger... red skies appear, you're like, oh, shit's happening. This is, yeah. it's going down, and it's it's like, it's always exciting. Right. And so uh, right after all of this happens, we are now then on Earth 38 where uh, Will Wheaton is having a real crisis. My only note for that is shut up, Wesley. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's just like yelling at this guy like, is that Will Wheaton? Shut up, Will Wheaton. Oh, my God. He would. uh, He fucking hates it when people do that, man. (laughs) (laughs) And then for the, like, again, this is some of that Supergirl stuff where I had no knowledge of. I was like, why, why is there a dragon? Yeah, I'm I, totally with you. I'm like, I don't understand why she, she's fighting a dragon, but she's not even fighting it. It's just going on a rampage and, and she talks it down. it down and it's, it's apparently a friend's pet. Yeah. Just a lizard. Which is um, cool. I just don't understand I, the context. I don't get it, but we'll just move past it. Um, uh, but there's like right after that, there's like a, a an earthquake, and then Supergirl returns to I think the Leviathan base, I think is what it's called. Um, and what is the finds organization a, that they work for? Because all I could think of was Shield, uh, and I know it's not Shield. Yeah, it's it's not that. And I um again, I'm blanking because I Cause don't, they don't think they're down anymore. They don't work for Argus. No, it's a totally different. It's a it's a completely different Earth, right? So yeah. Um, okay. But it's an org- it's, it's an organization like that. Um, but they uh, they find out that the earthquake she was experiencing experiencing wasn't even local. It's global, and it's actually coming from outside the planet. Um, and we find out that John Jones had gotten uh, a visit from the Monitor, and that he thinks that maybe this is their test. Um, the same way the heroes in the previous crossover were tested. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, I forgot because I did watch Supergirl for like the first season and a half or so. I forgot how much I like really like this guy as John Jones. Yeah, it's pr- I think really he's fantastic, fantastic uh, in the role. Um, I love M- Melissa Benoist. Uh, I actually just really love the cast of Supergirl. Being that I haven't watched the last couple seasons, I don't know how John Cryer's uh, Lex Luthor works out, and I got very little of Lena. Uh, Luther, when I was watching, um, I, this is the first time I've seen the new suit. Me and you talked about it before we recorded. Uh, I didn't like the stills I had seen of it, like the previews I had seen, but it looks fantastic on screen and in motion. Yeah, I and this it was a really big surprise to me, and it um, we'll get to it later. But I didn't even re, I didn't even notice she wasn't wearing a skirt anymore. It just looks good. It looks... It uh, looks yo, yeah, it's actually a really great costume design. Although I have um, a note about costume design later on, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, the... Yeah, I, again, like, stuff stuff with the cast of Supergirl. I really like that. Um, this is the first time I've ever seen Brainiac uh, in this series. 
I don't know if this is uh, if, if he's got a number. Uh, I know we talked about this like last week or the week before. I've never, I've always liked Brainiac as a villain, and there have been yeah. multiple instances of um, kind of redeeming sections or portions or uh, alternative Brainiacs. Brainiac thirteen is the one that comes to mind the most, uh, whereas he becomes like a good guy, and I haven't liked a single one of them. And this guy got on my nerves. <laughs> so he just, I'm sure he's like yes. a, a crowd or fan favorite because he, he's the comedy guy. But I, I don't know, man, the way he talks gets on my nerves. Yeah. So, but they're, they're, they're trying to discuss the, the impact of this wave. Uh, that's this wave of energy that's causing these earthquakes. Um, they find out that it's not just going to impact earth, but the, the other in uh, inhabited planet uh, in this universe that they know of is Argo City, which apparently is like some kind of city on maybe an asteroid or something that's circling a red sun, and currently the location of Superman and Lois and Supergirl's mom, and uh, I assume a bunch of Kryptonians. Yeah, it seems to me that that's, that's the... At least the, I got the same like impression that this was uh, essentially a safe haven for Kryptonian ref- refugees. Uh, yeah. And then the, the fact that Kryptonians aren't necessarily like flying around the rest of the universe is because of the red sun. Yeah. Because like basically there, they're just like mortal humans. So they're kind of stuck to that planet or, I mean, there might be com- complexities that we're unaware of. Um, right. Also, uh, I do remember, and I think it was on crisis uh, on earth X, the last crossover that they, um, Clark and Lois had decided to go to Argo specifically yeah. because Lois was pregnant and it was the only safe way they could con- think of that she could give birth and, and not be fucking ripped apart. Right. Um, and so big surprise, happy surprise, little Jonathan Kent is born. Yeah. So yeah, we actually, we cut over to Argo city and uh, like Lois is kind of busting, busting his balls about the fact that he, after everything he's done as Superman, he's having trouble with a, a stinky diaper. It's That's a really fair. good moment. It's a really I good, think... nice moment of them kind of just being parents. parents and, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it doesn't last very long, though, because as soon as, uh, as soon, while they're doing this, like they're suddenly interrupted by kind of a, a glitchy hologram of Supergirl and she's kind of warning them or trying to warn them about the wave of energy heading toward them. And then the earthquakes hit. You know what they kind of reminded me of? Hmm. Do you like Starship Troopers? Yeah, yeah. There's like that scene <laughs> in Starship Troopers where like, what's his, it's almost like a Smallville like Lana moment where dude is talking to his parents on like, um, like a, a, a phone call, basically a video call from the military academy to Earth. And he's talking to them. He's like, oh, you've got to get off Earth. There's going to be an attack or blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like gets darker and darker. And the, the shadow is basically an asteroid about to land on their heads. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's exactly like like Supergirl's warning them as earthquakes are happening. Um, there's chaos, people running everywhere. And they find Alora, um, Kara's mom, who is played by um, Erica Durantz. Which is a huge surprise to both of us. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Who? What? Yeah. Oh, why, where's, why is Lois here? <laughs> Lois who is not Lois, but with another yeah. Lois. Yeah, total surprise. Did Had no idea she was on the series. Well, um, 
she might not be anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. But um, they they kind of pull a reverse Superman here, where they send Jonathan Kent to Earth via a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a weird character beat. Or, or a weird, like, I, guess, I don't even know cliche, because it's not, uh, it's just a weird, like, reliving of a circumstance that, sure, it works for Clark, great, but, like, now, assuming this is, this is Kara's mom, right? So she was yeah. around for the sending of Clark, she was around for the sending of Kara, and she hasn't learned that maybe those pods should be bigger? Or that there should be a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't understand. Like, why is there only one pod and it's still only big enough for a baby? Right. But uh, we, yeah, again, like, they say it kind of like a tearful goodbye to their to their son and launch him out. And, like, we see the Argo City being destroyed as the ship is, like, barely escaping. And we're like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, for a minute, I was like, okay, well... I, R.I.P. Superman, uh, but then I was like, wait, I've seen production pictures of Tyler Hawkland standing next to, um, help me out, the name. Routh? Yeah, Routh's Superman. I was like, yeah. okay, so I know that's not, he's he's not dead. But in that moment, I was like, damn. And we actually cut over to Supergirl, and we see, like, she's watching on, like, the monitor that Argo City's been wiped out. And uh, I was just reminded of the catchphrase for the movie Argo, which is Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> that planet was destroyed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was a weird take because I was watching it too and I was like, um, Superman didn't get off that planet and doesn't have his superpowers right now. So I was like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But again, we were playing with the multiverse, so... And the monitors. Like, I, I had seen behind the scenes uh, stills and whatnot, so I'm like, well, I know he's coming in here somewhere. Are they going to go to another Earth and find that black suit yeah. Superman? Is he going to come back? Or yeah, like, I was just yeah. very confused. Yeah, because well, from the from the that Earth X crisis thing, where the that the guy was able to use the Book of Destiny to turn himself into like that black suited Superman, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I I wasn't sure either, but I was just like, okay, well, that's crazy. We get uh, the first commercial break right after Brainiac tells us that we're all next. Like, everyone. Uh, now that we've already talked about Routh, I think it's probably a safe place, and actually probably just too late to tell everybody um, spoilers. <laughs> if you're new to the show, we're going to spoil shit. So if you haven't actually watched the episode, stop listening, go watch the episode, then come back. Yeah, yeah. I would say even it might be smart to include that in uh, like a little bed at the beginning of the episode if we can edit it, maybe. But I can do that. Um, can do that yeah, easy. yeah. Just spoilers abound because we're just talking about the, sh the episode that is a week old. So yeah, so you had time. Really, yeah. you, you only have yourself to blame. Really, yeah. I mean, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, successful business model blame <laughs> the audience <laughs> uh, the the audience the audience is always wrong is what I've heard well can't fight facts folks yeah you can't you could try but 
Any, anyway, we, um, we're not actually shitting on you guys, by the way. No, we're joking. No, it's we're it's not. friendly yeah. ribbing. Yeah. For her pleasure. Uh, what? We the next thing. The next thing is I think uh, just Leanne Yu on Earth One, and Oliver talking to Mia about like what that island made him and what it means and how much he hates it. But there wouldn't be a Green Arrow without it. This is where I was like a little confused with Arrow because I'm so far behind that like I ca- I right. knew Oliver had a daughter and she was into it, but I don't know the origin or anything. And then he right. was talking to her and he's like, and I have to go back to Lian Yu and you're not really standing here. And, and I'm like, is this a hologram? Like I don't, the, the dialogue made very little sense to me. He, um, he basically, he think he believes that without the turn of events that led him to Lian Yu, he wouldn't be standing there talking to her at this moment because she wouldn't exist because he would not have, if maybe he'd gone down with the gambit or if he had landed on somewhere else, he wouldn't have become the green arrow and therefore wouldn't have met Felicity in the whole series of events. But the whole thing with Mia is that she's actually come from the future into the past. Thanks to the monitor. Like that happened in the current season, the current season of arrow pretty early on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I have like a general gist of it. It's not necessarily, it's not uh, important to this arc, I guess. Um, Not really. But, you know, I mean, I guess it's nice to have a little context in history. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to need a green, there, there always has to be a green arrow, just like there always has to be a lighthouse. Yes. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so um, there's kind of like, they're kind of having a moment but then uh, the skies kind of turn red and there's lightning and uh, and then like uh, there's a flash and uh, Lila slash Harbinger is standing there and she lets them know that the crisis has begun. This is where my weird like it's, it's not even necessarily a complaint, but this is where it, it kind of dawned on me that some of the costumes in the Arrowverse are starting to look too similar. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And there's almost, there's almost like three tiers of it. There's like the technology tier where you'll, you'll see uh, the anti-monitor and then say Ray Palmer and then say Pariah all kind of look like they fit into one mold. Then you'll have like the flash kind of thing where it's a very textured, um, almost cloth ish. And then yeah, you have like yeah. the leather wearers, which is like arrow and Batwoman. but it all seems like they all go to the same tailor. And like, yeah. I really, I appreciate uniformity and that you want everything to have the same feel and tone, but I think they could really do with a little more uniqueness per character. Yeah. Well, you know how, like in the, in the, it seemed like for the first few seasons of arrow, they always updated Oliver's suit. And he's kind of gone back to wearing something very similar to season one Arrow. I noticed that too. Suit. That it seems it seems like that leather suit that he was wearing early, with with yeah. almost like a, a vest hood on it. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's kind of what it is. And uh, the suit that he has made for Mia is very similar. Okay, like almost uh, but, the same thing. But that does make sense. Is that he would kind of pass on something like that to him yeah well my thing is just like if you look at say supergirl suit 
Supergirl and Superman suit are supposed to look the same, Similar, right? Yeah, because the they're Kryptonians and they're super people. But if you look at Supergirl's suit, the like fabric and styling resembles very much like in, in, in as far as like lines and just design work and mm-hmm. texture, very similar to Harbinger's. Now, Harbinger yeah. is like a messenger for a godlike being who really hasn't really deigned to talk to any of these people and should be kind of way above them, except for the fact that they're trying to save the multiverse. So right. the fact that they're so, I mean, it's, it's like a little, it's a stupid little nitpick, but it's one thing that I'm just like, I think like the designers need to stretch a little more. Yeah. And these scenes here where she basically is traveling from place to place, collecting people aren't nearly as strong as that opening scene where it was showing all the different places because I think the next spot is we get a quick scene in Central City. The Flash is running around trying to determine where the source of the earthquake or whatever is happening. If it's isolated to one source. But he can't get a hold of Cisco or the rest of Star Labs. And then Harbinger appears to him. And he kind of just puts it together. And he's like, oh, it's time. It's time. The crisis is here. And so we then flash over to Gotham. And uh, like Batwoman is like beating the living shit out of some goons. Uh, and she like tries to kind of resist being taken because Harbinger appears and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a minute, I got, I, I'm in the middle of something. And, Which I uh, mean, actually, great argument. She doesn't know why she's being summoned. She is doing something. Yeah. And uh, and she she just gets flashed out anyway. Yeah, she looks great, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. The wig is a little. You eh, looks a little you fake, watch... but I mean, it's a fake wig, so. The first couple of episodes of Batwoman, she wears a modified version of the Batman's suit. So she has just the the cowl with no wig. Oh. And really? it looks okay. fucking cool. It looks fucking cool. I would actually like to see that. I should go back and watch those. Yeah. Just, yeah. Even the pilot shows it pretty, pretty well. But I think in the second one, you get a better look because she's, she is Batwoman more of the time in that one. But... Yeah, it's not until she realizes she has to kind of make it her own that then she adds the wig and the red to it. Yeah, I I, I like her a lot, actually. Um, my, the first time I had ever seen her was John Wick 2. Um, yeah. Like, I, I knew of her before, but I didn't, I don't, like, is she a singer? I don't, I don't know why she's famous. Um, uh, but she wasn't an actress before John Wick, and now she's got her own TV series. So, I mean, she's doing something right. I think she was in, she might have been in Orange is the New Black as well. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And she's got, she's actually, I think she's Australian. I think she's an Aussie actor. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I I don't really know much about her, but yeah, Ruby Rose is, uh, is the strongest actor on Batwoman. Um, and that is saying a lot, but. I mean, she's kind of the problem with that show is that she is by far the strongest actor on that show. Like the on bat on Batwoman on on Batwoman, yeah, it's just not uh, the supporting cast is insanely weak. I'll be honest; they probably learned that from Arrow, because yeah. in the first couple seasons of Arrow, um, Stephen Amell was really just not very good, and right. he had an excellent supporting cast, so it made it a lot harder to identify with the main hero of the story. So I think maybe they've reversed that and they're like, well, we need her to be the standout. 
So surround yeah. her by a few weaker people and they can all grow together because Stephen Amell, where he didn't start out great, I think he's fantastic now. Oh my God. Yeah. And the, the, the kind of goodbye tour that has been Arrow season eight really showcases that a lot. Cause he has a lot of really tear jerking scenes in the current season. I, I can imagine. I mean, I'll eventually get there. I'll eventually fill it, finish it all up. Yeah. yeah. Well, so meanwhile, uh, I guess the next spot is, uh, in earth one's star city, uh, Sarah Lance and Ray Palmer are at a trivia night and they apparently lose because, uh, they made an accidental, an accidental change to the timeline when, um, I guess Ray Palmer got caught trying to steal a, uh, like a lock of Janis Joplin's hair. Something that like that. That was a funny line. And I was just yeah. like, is that an actual, actual episode? Because I, I don't yeah, know if it's, it's a gotta be. or it's an actual episode, but I would love to go back and see like Janis Joplin tripping out over this little robot dude <laughs> running around trying to steal her hair. I think um, I think I'm probably going to go back and like Legends, I'm going to prioritize in terms of like catching up and getting current with that because it sounds like it is the most fun series, maybe. I did really enjoy what I did watch and I'm honestly not even sure why I fell out of the series because it was a lot of fun and I thought they had really good um, premises villains in it and there was a lot of really great chemistry but I think yeah. they started uh, really like killing off members of the crew and then switching people in and out and I kind of there was just so much there's so much TV to watch that if it's really like if things get convoluted or I feel like a show is in trouble I'm just like I don't know if I should stick around yeah, yeah. No. Um, but yeah, they... Uh, this one's kind of funny because when Harbinger appears, she's just standing on top of a table. And, like, everybody in the bar just kind of like, okay, we're out. And they just, like, start scattering. And Sarah asks Lila, what's with the suit? And then uh, they get flashed to where, uh, where everyone is back on Earth-38 because they're just trying to get things under control. Um, and then everyone appears on Earth 38, like all the heroes, including Superman and Lois. Yes. Yeah. So we get a, a big sigh of relief, uh, and they explain, although they didn't necessarily have to, oh no, like Harbinger saved us. Like, I really love that. The first thing Batwoman does is just deck Harbinger. Is, yes. Punch Lila. I was doing something important. Yeah. And it seemingly has zero effect on She Harbinger. is definitely not and I, I I mean it's something that I was like, ooh, I don't know if I like that. But it's good in that it separates her character from the origin in that it takes a two second conversation with Kara before she removes her cowl. And like yeah. and like gives up her identity. Where I'm like, uh, Batman wouldn't do that shit. <laughs> like it yeah. took Batman decades before it was like, oh, yeah, Clark Kent, I'm Bruce Wayne. But did you see, like, like immediately, too, uh, um, Kara's sister, Alex, like, is really giving, like, uh, Kate some side-eye. Like, oh. ooh, ooh, I didn't catch this? that, but I totally get it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. That, that would be a hot couple. 
uh, and it, it it continues. Uh, like I'll bring it up when it when it comes up again. But they they kind of have a bit of a conference. Uh, they're kind of sitting around a table, um, and uh, we we learn a little bit more about the energy wave and how it works, and that they need to obviously stop it. And Oliver explains that he saw it destroy Earth too, uh, which he did um, only a few episodes ago, I guess it would be. Um, and he questions where uh, Barry and the Legends are because they're they're not there. Um, they need a bigger team because of you know, like what happened to Earth Two can't just be stopped by a, a little team that they've got. Yeah, it's kind of a large issue. Yeah, um, but uh, Harbinger actually explains that they're doing reconnaissance, and then she vanishes to go check on them. And uh, Batwoman's like, I still don't like her. Yeah, which I guess is fair. I mean, I, I don't, I don't recall, but I don't think she met Lila. Yeah. In the last crossover, and it is just like a, well, not necessarily a godlike being, but it is like a supernatural being shows up in the middle of your investigation, which you have to assume she was going to get some pretty important intel. And yeah. not only is that stopped, she loses the intel, but she is pulled to another dimension. Yeah, yeah. To take part in something that she probably didn't even know existed or was going to happen. So, like, I'm she she comes around. She'll eventually come around because as soon as the stakes and the actual like uh, magnitude of the situation is explained to her, how could she refuse? But at this point, she's just been abducted. Because as crisis is set up, uh, the I think the first person, the first two people that knew something was about was going to happen around crisis were Barry Allen and and uh, and Oliver Queen, but they found out in separate ways. Like, Barry found out that the date changed for when he was going to vanish in crisis, and he never told Oliver about that, and Oliver never told anyone about the monitor. Um, and later in this episode, we find out, like, that those two conversations meet. Yes. Um, and Oliver is pissed. But um, they're... I guess the next thing that they, they turn their attention to is finding the baby. Um, and Brainiac will be on that, but learn. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a couple things going on. They need to find the baby. They're yeah. starting a, like an inv- evacuation plan. Right. That's where that tower comes shooting out of the ground. Yeah. And, and, then, and then they have to deal with the actual like monitor threat. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we get kind of a kind of a scene where they explain what the quantum towers do, um, that they can counteract the antimatter wave, but that once that happens, the anti monitor will know that they exist and will focus his energy on trying to destroy it. Um, this is where uh, Ray uh, Palmer tries, like he compliments Batwoman's suit and is like, "Hey, I can make a few upgrades." And she grabs him and is like, "That depends on how attached to your arm you are." And you get another look from uh, Alex, where she's kind of like, ooh. I should go back and watch that, because I didn't catch any of those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's there There are people that are shipping that, and there are people that are shipping uh, Batwoman and Supergirl. Um, oh, I was... 
there's something in here. I was shipping Supergirl with somebody, and I can't remember who it is now. I think I, I'll my memory will be refreshed when when or if we get there, I guess. But I am all on board for uh, Alex Batwoman. Yeah, I I, uh, I mean uh, separate Earths, so it's not going to work out very well. We saw what happened with Cisco. Um, I have a very specific note here. It's, it's it just says don't touch Batwoman. <laughs> like, unless you're Alex, and then I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah, <laughs> touch yeah. her away, Alex. Yes, uh, Brainiac uh, tracked the pod, but it's there's a problem because it's not only it's it's in an it's on another Earth, like it's on Earth sixteen, and also in the future. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I got like super confused about things. Is mm. um, like I they were sending the pod to Earth. I don't. And it it went through a wormhole. Oh, okay. Reason. So then it jumped dimensions and time. Okay, I guess. I was just like, yeah. I don't... Why Why are we making this even more convoluted than it needs to be? But, okay. And Clark's immediately like, okay. I'm, I'm going. And Oliver's easy. Easy now. We need you here. I know what it's like to want to go save your kids and just relax. Um, we're, we'll send... Uh, they send uh, Sarah and Brainiac and Lois to go do it. Um, which makes sense. Yeah, it's just baby retrieval. Although, have they been to Earth-16? Well, Sarah says that they have. Uh, in an episode of Legends, I imagine they did. And they didn't realize, okay. I guess they didn't realize they were on another Earth. They knew they were in a different time, because that's what that show is. It's traveling through time, right? But apparently oh, yeah, they, ended yeah. up in another, they ended up on another Earth as well. Um, but... Um, and then John is trying to hatch a plan for the, again, the evacuation. And they realize at this point that they're going to need um, Lena Luther's help. Yeah. Well, I like, there's a, there's a line from John. I like Brainiac is like, uh, you're trying to evacuate the entire planet. Do you understand that? We, do you understand the amount of ships you would need for something like that? And John Jones just goes, look, we are like, we have so many refugees from outer space and all of them came here in a spaceship. So I just have to, you Get know, bet on the agree. goodness of people that everybody who has a ship out there is going to lend a hand in trying to save everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's pretty grim. Like at the end, we'll get to the, to the numbers of people that actually got out, but it's not great. Um, yeah, it could have been a lot worse, but, uh, yeah, no. Um, so yeah, they, they, they figure out that they're going to need, um, they're going to need all the ships that they can get. And actually Brainiac throws, uh, John his keys, <laughs> like, like his ship has keys. Oh yeah. And there's like a giraffe <laughs> on the keychain. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Um, we get another scene with Oliver and Mia uh, in a room and he kind of gifts her with a, her own green arrow costume. Um, yeah. This is where he says the, the, the line of, um, there always has to be one green arrow. There, there should always be a green arrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she's, he's really thankful for the time the monitor has given him with her because, uh, in the arrow, like in the original timeline, Mia never got to meet him ever. She only ever saw pictures of him. 
it, that whole thing confuses me. So yeah. <laughs> like that's one of the things that I'm like, I definitely have to watch it because I don't really understand. Yeah. But uh, is she because she is she's Felicity's daughter as well, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm super confused. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. So telling uh, he just kind of tells her to try it on and that he's got to go talk to Barry and they have like the brief chat where Oliver is trying to like talk to Barry about what's going on. And Barry's like, look, there's this newspaper clipping and it says that I'm going to die in crisis. And Oliver's like, nope, fuck that. And he's just like, turns around and he's just like monitor. We're having a chat, right? Yeah. He basically, Oliver is so angry. He summons a God. So he, he breaks, can have a little one-on-one he, time. He breaks the fourth wall. It's awesome. Yeah. He's just standing on like the like Smash Bros stage. <laughs> it totally is. It totally is. Yeah. Actually, I can't remember. Yeah. if a game company wants to make like a beat-em-up based on this universe, I'll totally play it. I would. I, I'd want them to be like Mortal Kombat style, like digitized characters though. Like Oh, like the actual actors? Yeah, actual actors, like, like really shitty, like, 16-bit era. That would be so good. I'd like, Mortal it. Kombat 1, Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah, with fatalities and everything. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. I, they would never do that, though, because DC hates it when their characters die. But they, they, I think they got a little bit over that with those Injustice games, which are great. Are there free, there's finishers in those. I don't know if there's anything that is necessarily Death. a fatality. Yeah, but the finishers are are well, a couple of the jokers are really crazy in the first yeah. one, but anyway. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we got way off. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, Oliver's just like again, but that's the thing, every time Oliver has gets mad at the monitor, the monitor is just like this is your destiny, Oliver, and Oliver's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot." Yeah, basically, like, he's yeah. like he, he summons a god. A god shows up and goes, "What? This is the way it is. Deal you, with it." And I was like, you "Oh, will listen to me because I have mutton chops and armor." Yeah, it's weird. Have you seen my hair? He's got hair. Those little things yeah. on it—they're like yeah. kind of like really tight braids. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. little tr- I know. weird, like three striped. I don't know. It's like a weird mohawk thing. I actually, I will say though that I actually kind of do like. The guy who plays the monitor, and I assume he's I also playing the anti-monitor. Yeah. Um, just because the voices are pretty much identical. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. This guy's got, like, a really good charisma to him. Even though he's supposed to be playing, like, uh, almost, I guess, emotionless. Yeah. yeah, like, godlike figure. He's still kind of cool. It's weird, though, because the anti-monitor, he kind of looks like, like, uh, like the White Walker's. From Game of Thrones. Like his, Good, yes. Which I'm actually kind of okay with because I had seen like early production stills or artwork of what they were going to do with him. And he looked like uh, Apocalypse. Uh, like X, like the X-Men's Apocalypse with like blue face kind of thing in the blue oh, armor. So like, so like Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> like, I guess. Uh, I don't I haven't seen it. Um, you should look up look up the apocalypse look up apocalypse from that that bad x-men movie and then look up the character ivan ooze and you're like oh jesus oh wait no i have seen side to sides of those yes yes yeah exactly it's the same person that's what the anti-monitor the early stills or early pictures that i had seen looked like and i'm like that looks terrible 
Yeah, that's rough. Um, and they kind of fixed it. There's a really quick scene, um, and this really, it, this really only I probably hits if you are up to date with Supergirl, where Alex convinces Lena to help them save the Earth. I know there, there's a couple things in here that I know of, and then there's a nice, and I don't know if it, if it's just an Easter egg or if it was actually part of a storyline. Uh, I know Alex, Lena, and Kara were all friends. Um, I know at some point Lena finds out Kara is Supergirl, and then that's like a big violation of trust, and then it kind of destroys their friendship. I don't know if anything else has happened beyond that that has fractured it even more, but it seems like she's really mad about the fact that Kara kept Supergirl a secret, which is actually a very logical thing to do. Um, but at one point, Lena drops uh, the name um, uh, Tessmacher. Mm -hmm. She said someone, uh, um, that wasn't me, that was blah, 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 Tessmacher is responsible for that. And mm -hmm. I, again, I don't know if that's an Easter egg or if Tessmacher was actually like a character in the series in the last few years, but that mm -hmm. is a direct um, nod to... I think it's the original Donner Superman was Tessmacher in the original. Yes. Yes, she was. Cause, um, mm, mm -hmm. he always yelled Miss Tessmacher and he was going to nuke her, uh, family's, uh, home state, home city, I believe. Very cold. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, I, I caught that too, but I didn't know the reference. I just, uh, all I could hear is Gene Hackman screaming, Miss Tessmacher. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's a there's a really quick scene where the heroes gather outside the quantum tower and there's like another there's another earthquake um because the tower is is holding ground but the earthquakes are still strong enough that it could destabilize the entire coast so supergirl and superman kind of the supers just kind of like nod at each other and take off to go deal with that while the others decide to set up inside and then we get uh, the scene in Star City of Earth-16 where Sarah and Lois and Brainiac locate the Arrow Bunker and are searching for Jonathan. This is and a good there's... scene. This might actually be, other than like my Batman 89 thing, this might be my favorite little part. Yeah, old, old, old Arrow. Yeah, like old broken Oliver who was never redeemed, who... Yeah. Uh, never found like love and affection who is just like kind of still bad guy Oliver hearing yeah. about how another Oliver turned out on another earth. Yeah. Find out that he's got a daughter and that like Sarah did live in that world and all this other stuff. And he's just like, yeah, he's totally broken. And he's basically, he's like, he's like, uh, a poor man's Batman. Well, in, Arrow in always universe. has been, but yes, yeah. yeah At this yeah. point, he's kind of like the um, the unsaved, unrepentant Batman, I guess. Right. Which we'll get into more of that in future episodes. But we uh, will. Yeah. Inside, uh, inside the tower, the heroes uh, get their first look at the army they're going to be fighting, and I'm was wondering why the hell they were Dementors from Harry Potter. Yeah. No. The exact same thing went through my head. Also, why is there an army? Like, I don't... Yeah, was it ever actually explained? 
did the did the monitor ever say like oh the anti-monitor is going to send these things he did and- he's well the harbinger said that when these whenever these towers are used the anti-monitor sends forces to take them out okay uh, so so while they do exist and they are effective against the antimatter wave the towers themselves can be destroyed by his physical army Okay, okay. So I that totally slipped beyond my radar and I was I just like this showed up and I was like this is it's kind of seems like an excuse to have action and it's kind of very weak to me because these things put up zero fight. And that's the thing is these are some of the weirdest like the fight scenes especially when they cut to wide angles and the characters are just like throwing punches and kicks at the air. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. Because well, I can it's, see it's it. not just that. It's just that, like, and I understand that these are like superheroes, but there's yeah. hundreds, if not thousands, of these things, and five people are holding them off. Right. And some like, of these just people doesn't... don't have powers. Yeah, like it's not. I mean, I might believe it if it was Kara and uh, and Kal-El in orbit, just like nuking these things with their eyes. But it's like a guy with some arrows and a girl with some boomerangs, and like the Flash isn't even there. Right. So, right. yeah, yeah. So, and they're, they're fighting and like, uh, they take out a number of them. They take cover behind some rubble and Batwoman finally takes Ray up on his offer for the upgrade. And we get kind of a scene where she throws like kind of a powered up Batarang and it takes out a whole bunch of the, the, the wraiths. Um, and she's happy with that. Um, but it starts to seem like they're overwhelmed when, uh, the supers and flash arrive. And so, there's a scene here where the evacuation, it's showing the evacuation outside and like Lena's working on the portal, but it, on the ground, there is some chick in blue armor that again, looks way too similar to Harbinger's armor. Yep. Like, uh, and then there's some, someone who like, someone's about to get hit by something and she pulls out a shield out of nowhere. And I don't know who the hell that is. Yeah, no, I don't know who either of these people are. Uh, I don't know who the 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 woman in blue. I don't know what her name is, and I don't know what hero she's supposed to be playing. And I know that the other girl who pulls out the shield says, uh, "I don't know if she actually says Jimmy, but it's Guardian's shield." And for a while, right. Jimmy Olsen was Guardian in the show, so I'm assuming right. that she has some kind of relationship or is uh, a relation to Jimmy Olsen. And because I think she says Jimmy left it for me or guardian left it for me. And then I think it's Kara yeah. looks over and gives like a smiling nod. Like, okay. Yeah. Something like that. I, I, it, um, but yeah, the, like the evacuation is working. Like Lena is struggling to get the portal going. <coughs> um, they uh, they cut back to Earth-16 and Sarah and, uh, like, old Oliver kind of say a very heartfelt but goodbye because, like, she, uh, she explains, like, everything that happened after the Gambit, uh, like, changed her life for the better and, like, she would never take any of that back. And, like, you know, like, like everything... Uh, everything that she's done has led her up to this point. And like, I was like, I got fucking misty. My eyes got, my, it got real dusty in here. 
Yeah, no, I actually really like this scene. I'm not a, a, a gigantic fan of Katie Lotts. Um, it was her, it was her, uh, I, she, call me a bit of a fan of the concept of destiny, let's just say. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I, I like that. I do like, um, I think she did very well in this scene. Um, it was very heartfelt. And uh, I think to me, it was uh, Oliver's reaction to it. In that he was like still very stoic, but you could see the tears building up into his eyes, if not rolling. I think I think one or two dropped, and just yeah. kind of the the um, one of those weird things where it's even though it's not him that accomplished those things in a way he can share in those accomplishments. Accomplishments, you know what yeah. I mean? Like in a way he can identify and go, at least what I did wasn't all for nothing. Right, and it's kind of one of the. It seems like a, a a massive justification and a, and a release for this Earth's Oliver to just be like, it's okay, man. Like, I know you have gone through hell, and I know you're still probably going through hell, and you hold yourself accountable for a lot of things, but it's not all bad, and it's okay. We're good, right? right. And yeah, and and that's like. Uh, again, a really strong scene. Like you said, um, the the actress who plays uh, White Canary isn't always a doesn't always give a very strong performance, but she really does here. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, and uh, back on Earth thirty eight, something's gone wrong with the tower, and the skies have turned red again, and they find out that something's gone wrong with the I guess the solar generators, and in order to get more time for the evacuation, Clark and Kara uh, start firing their uh, like their eye beams into the solar panels. And maybe you can explain this. I, maybe or maybe it's because the sky has become red, but they both get weakened and fall out of the sky. Um, or is I, it just I can't from necessarily using explain... their eye beams for too long. Yeah, I think they're just exerting too much power. I don't know how much power that actually takes. Right. Um, but, I mean, they're essentially... It, if you're making the argument that what's coming out of their eyes is just heat, therefore yeah. radiation, therefore the radiation of the sun that they've somehow Absorbed. metabolized and can right. use, then I guess they're just directly expending energy. Um right. Which, I mean, like, how long can you lift weights? How long can you hold up a heavy weight? How long can you run? I guess it would be the equivalent of that. Plus, you're still trying to keep yourself flying. Yeah. Um, and so, because yeah, as soon they, as they hit, the, as soon as they, they like land, they're both straight back up again. It's not like they yeah. faint and they're unconscious. They're just like, I can't keep going. And they drop out of the sky. Um, yeah. It makes sense also that Clark would do it first because he mm -hmm. was on Argo. And like right. not very long ago and therefore mortal. So he hasn't been exposed to a lot of yellow sun. So he's right. going to be low on power anyway. Yeah. But yeah, they fall, they fall to the rooftop and they, they say that all they really did was buy a little bit more time, which is about an estimated 14 minutes. And like actually on the actual episode runtime, that's how much time is left. Oh, really? Until the, until the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, roughly, it's not exact, but it's pretty close. <laughs> like it's, I wonder if it's like if they designed it that way, but it's very close to that. Um, 
the um, they say that the wave will make contact with the Earth in 14 minutes, and they have to fight off as long as they can. And the evacuation is continuing. Like we're seeing some of the ships start to take off, and and people sc- scrambling around, and the heroes are like fighting along the rooftop. Like you see, like uh, the supers taking out like swarms of these things with their eye beams and punching the shit out of them, and like, um, but the monitor shows up and tells them they need to retreat and save the resources for battles to come and kind of not waiting for a response from anybody. He kind of just gestures toward Batwoman and Adam and they just vanish from the battlefield and then kind of does the same thing to Superman and Supergirl and Mia Queen. Um, And Oliver, it shows a, a quick glimpse. Like Oliver has looked over his shoulder and started to see this is happening and he's fighting harder. Um, and then Barry, like, yells to Oliver as he's taken away. Um, and, like, Oliver yells kind of over his shoulder to the monitor, can, like, ask if the planet's been evacuated yet. And the monitor says it hasn't. And Oliver's just like, fuck that, then, and just shoots the yeah. monitor with an arrow. Yeah, then we're not done here. Yeah. And I was just like, Whoa. I guess the monitor, uh, it's explained later that he's been weakened, but, like, like the fact that Oliver is able to just shoot him with an arrow, <laughs> like... Really, it like, really calls into question his power set, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if he necessarily, like, I think he just kind of stunned him, you know, that it, that suit does look like it takes a lot of technology, <laughs> and it was obviously, like, a, a some kind of electric arrow. Mm-hmm. Um... And it doesn't really last all that long. I think he's just like, no, I need a couple more seconds. I'm going to buy myself a couple more seconds. It seems like maybe Oliver used his last arrow on the monitor, though. Yeah, yeah, he literally did. Because, yeah, he goes he goes to turn back and use an arrow, and he's got nothing. He just, like, drops his bow. Oh, no, he's. I guess he's knocked to the ground a few times first. Yes, and yeah. And then he goes to get up and use an arrow, and he's got nothing. And he just drops... Uh, his bow and just you see him running and yelling and we cut we actually see the last few ships heading through the portal right as the wave wipes out or 38 there's a, a shot in this and this is just like props I guess but there's a shot where they do I mean their version I suppose it's not a full version it's like a kind of half-assed version of you know that Avengers circle shot like oh, the yeah, team yeah. shot they kind mm. of do something in like this, not nearly mm. as well. Um, but at one point, they like kind of do a side swipe of like uh, Tyler Hawkland. Yeah, dude must be working out, man, because he looks significantly bigger than the last time I remember seeing him as Superman. Yeah, no, I I did notice that. Yeah, like his arms look great. Like he's got to be working out so just want to give him props because like uh i kind of like you weren't exactly a huge fan of the casting at first i saw his debut episode and i'm like hey he does a really good christopher reeves clark kent but it's nothing new or unique and i saw him a couple more times and he grew on me but now he's just like yeah you know what part of the superman family i'm good with it yeah um and then uh like we cut to kind of the bunker where everybody is. And it basically like Oliver is kind of teleported onto like a bed and he is fucked up. He's hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. And we learn 
from the monitor that his sacrifice saved more than a billion extra lives. Um, but that only uh, of the 7.38 billion people on Earth 38, only three made it off. And Supergirl looks like she's going to fucking break down. And that's just like the Earth. Because yeah, they, like, yeah. they keep talking about like human lives in this. And I'm like, this is like, uh, it's sure it's one universe in the DC multiverse, but it's still a yeah. universe. And every yeah. DC universe is populated by multiple planets with multiple species. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, you guys are not like, I know we need to keep it down to Earth for right. like fans and everything. And we need kind of realistic, relatable numbers. Right. But it, the numbers, if trillions, trillions gone, of. Oh, staggering, dude. Yeah. And we get, uh, like, this is the first time Pariah shows up in the course of this uh, crossover. Um, I believe he showed up in the previous Flash episode, though. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, I'll be completely honest. Pariah is a huge blank spot. In my DC yeah. knowledge, I've heard no, the really... name and I've probably seen him in a few things, but I don't know anything the th- about the character. The thing I know about Pariah is he's basically very similar to uh, Marvel's The Watcher, where he just uh, he he is there to witness events and can't interfere in them. That's kind of the um, impression that I got. So, yeah, you're basically reaffirming that for me. So that's good. But yeah, like Tom Capano is uh, uh, a great actor and hopefully like we'll get to see what what Pariah does. But in this, uh, he basically um, he basically just gloom and dooms it a bit. But uh, Lois and Sarah arrive with the baby and uh, this is kind of the goodbye to Oliver because he's 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 done. He's uh, saying his last words here. Yeah, this is. um, uh my allergies must have kicked up or something. Uh, this yeah. was a, a good scene. Um, Oliver just, and it's like, I know everyone is sad and, and everything is going on and Oliver's dying and everything. And I don't know, I don't have a relationship or, or have been privy to the relationship between uh, Oliver and Mia, but right. Oliver and Barry. Yeah. Literally trying not, cause I can feel it in the back of my throat right now. Um, Oliver kind of like whispering to Barry, like, Barry, you're the best of us. You've got to lead now, blah, blah, blah. And Barry just like rolling a single tear. Yeah. Just knowing that like Barry wouldn't be the hero he was if it wasn't for Oliver. Oliver no. is responsible for Barry being the Flash other than, you know what I mean, like the the powers and, and whatnot. But, right. but like Oliver, like Barry like Men- sought out him. Oliver yeah. as a mentor, as a teacher and then kind of grew and went his own way. It's it's to me it's almost the equivalent of like Nightwing watching Batman die. So Oliver his his actual last words are he to Mia he's like keep me in your heart okay and then he like he's like looking at her and his eyes kind of glaze over and he just says okay one more time and then he closes his eyes and he's done. Mm-hmm. And I fucking and I was like that night I was I was full on like rolling, like my face was soaking wet with tears. Yeah. Yeah. It was a hard scene to watch. Um, yeah. 
And again, to me, like Barry is the the, the emotional center of this universe easily. The yeah. fact that Barry just keeps losing like father figures, but this wasn't even just a father. It was like a, like brother. a brother. It was a teammate. It was it just yeah. so yeah, just like really hard to watch. Really well acted by everybody. Um and like being the first episode, you just kind of holy shit, they killed Oliver in the first part of Crisis? They did this right now? Yeah, like well, like I, I know Arrow's ending, and I suspected uh, Amel wasn't going to be in it for the second half of the season. It was just something I suspected. Um, right. But like this early, and I mean, like I guess he, he, like he went out in baller fashion, you know, saving an, an extra billion people, fighting by himself for those extra few seconds. But at the same time, you're just like, really? And even the monitor. Even the monitor is shaken because it's not how he foresaw Oliver going out. Yeah. So it shows the fallibility of this god as well. That maybe the crisis, you know, truly can be averted. Yes. And not everyone who's supposed to die needs to die. Um, But Pariah... Yeah, and well, Pariah kind of is there to bear witness and he simply believes... He says that he believes that they're all doomed... Um, and then there's a, a quick, like, glance where everyone exchanges gallant glances and, like, Kara and Barry still have tears in their eyes and, and Mia is, like, crouched over Oliver's body. And then, we, yeah, we just cut. Cut to credits. Good first episode. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's... Uh, it's tricky, though, because, like, again, because they are episodes of their respective shows... If you're not following those shows, you might miss out on some nuance and stuff. Like, I felt like I missed quite a bit of nuance. Because it was a Supergirl episode. Because it was a Supergirl episode. And so I think maybe if, for people who are following this universe and really, like, down with the Arrowverse and are watching everything, they're going to be getting the most out of this. Yeah. Um, and and I, like, I yeah. super actually appreciate that and good for them because it must be so much more emotionally rewarding but also stressful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, this is... Uh, Paul and I just decided we wanted to throw these in as extras this year, and and that's fine. And depending on how the Smallville episodes go and, and what we decide to do after that, if we complete the full, you know, series run of that, we might be doing these episodes all over again in 10 plus years. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in 2046, we'll actually be, like, covering, like... <laughs> the fourth and third seasons of like arrow and <laughs> and the flash and stuff unless you guys really want us to do this like as our jobs in which case we can put two or three episodes out a week and we'll get there a lot faster oh there you go that would be great support us on patreon yeah, yeah. um yeah we really should hype the patreon a lot more than we do but we should also come up with merch and weird shit like that but whatever uh anyway as far as like a uh a launching point for this event i enjoyed it even though it wasn't like one of the shows that i necessarily 
um am a regular yeah. to like i said I, I mean i really do love the cast of supergirl i just it was one of those things i just fell out of and yeah. um and and just haven't gotten back into uh but i can say that honestly for arrow and flash and you know and, and legends i've i've fallen out of all of them and then i come back a year or two later and i binge watch for a, a bunch of it and i catch up but i the crisis when the all the news started dropping i was like oh well now i have to catch up but i had two seasons of every show to try to catch up on and i who's got the time yeah yeah exactly like i i've i i made an effort this past summer to catch up on arrow and the flash and it consumed a great deal of time to do that yep and i had that's what I did as well, and I only got to the beginning of both of these seasons that we're in right now, and I haven't yeah. been able to catch up on the seasons themselves, so. Yeah, and then we're like 10 episodes into them, right? Yeah. But they'll be fun to to watch. I, I mean, hell, I'm watching Smallville again right now, so at some point, I know I'm going to watch all of these. I was um, I was going to do a next time on Crisis on Infinite Earths Part Two, but uh, on looking at the Batwoman IMDb to locate what that would be, there isn't one yet. That doesn't surprise me at all, actually. Um, um next time. On... Technically, our technically our next episode in our released schedule would be. A Smallville episode. A Smallville episode. So I guess we could find out what's on the next episode of Smallville. I guess we could. Not a bad idea. Paul, what happens on the next episode of Smallville? Episode 18 of season one, Drone. Running on a platform of truth, justice, and other stuff. Clark vies for class president, but a beekeeping rival contender vows clark and the other aspirants will feel the sting of her candidacy that sounds terrible <laughs> dude it is it is really bad i'm going to have to pay attention though because i want to know the name of the character um because isn't there and she did actually show up on Crisis on Earth X. There is like a B-centric villain in the Arrowverse. Yeah, in the Flash. Yeah, is it Queen B? Is that uh, is that I her believe, actual name? I can't I, remember. I believe it is, but I wonder if it's the same like person, like the person who becomes that character. I wonder if it's the same. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm 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 Yeah. I'm interested to see if it's the same like character obviously different origin being used a different way but smallville had done that they take dc mm -hmm. villains and use them in a smallville atmosphere uh just like, as all these shows do um i just remember that queen bee on flash was played by a girl from uh i say girl but she was actually way older than i thought she was um from walking dead yeah 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 you're right about that I don't know yeah, the actress's she, name. She played though. like a 13 or 14 year old for about five years and then quit yeah. the show. And I found out she was like 32 and a recording artist. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what we've got uh, for next time. And then uh, we will be coming back kind of 
leapfrogging back and forth between our regular show and these uh, these bonus episodes. So if if you are kind of still not caught up maybe on these bonus episodes, you can always just save them for another t- like for some future time. It's actually a good idea. That's a, not a bad idea if you want to just save these up and then watch them after the crisis event finishes up January 4th. I want to say 14th, January 14th. Oh, 14th. Uh, there you go. The the uh the last two are going to air back to back. Cuz well yeah, that's going to be a good night actually. And uh and I mean we get it doesn't matter us. We like getting big numbers as soon as the show drops. That's really fun. But we get the listens anyway, regardless. So you guys listen to them when, how, and how you guys want. Uh, it's we just appreciate that you're doing so. Uh, we, yeah. We've said it over and over again. We'd love more interaction. If you guys want to send us messages, leave us voice messages on Anchor, um, uh, email us, or hit us up on the Twitter. Uh, that would be great. Also, the Patreon. Yeah. Kick us a few bucks if you if you really love the show and uh, and and you could um, you I don't know I mean we're doing this for fun we're doing this for kicks but it'd be cool to be able to do it more and I know maybe maybe have it as a gig that brings in a few bucks for us too that might be that would be great if I could somehow manage to turn this into my actual job and my actual job into nothing (laughs) I would appreciate (laughs) the hell out of that yeah. Um, yeah. but that's the dream. Uh, but yeah, we just, again, we just appreciate everybody hanging out and having a good time. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed not our show, but the actual crisis on infinite earths part one. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. How do we end this until next time? Somebody save us. I think that's how we end it. Somebody save us. Hi, everybody. As this is a Supergirl-centric episode of the Crisis Crossover, we wanted to add a special note. Recently, it's come out that in one of her previous relationships, Supergirl star Melissa Benoist was physically, mentally, and emotionally abused by her partner. We here at Somebody Save Us just wanted to give praise to Melissa for her bravery, both in finding the courage to finally leave a bad situation and for sharing her pain and healing with the world and letting other victims know that you can get out, things can be better, and that you deserve safety, security, peace of mind, and healthy, mutual love. If you or anyone you know is suffering with domestic abuse, please know that there are programs and support networks you can use to escape and make your life better, and we urge you to seek these out. Until next time. Take care.